Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by TaxLeague. TaxLeague offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let TaxLeague show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit TaxLeague.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. Fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the USF game. Bearcats take down USF 85-69 to in Tampa. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, probably one of the best performances of the year, um, especially with, you know, Memphis coming in town on Sunday. It was a game the Bearcats could not afford to lose, and they didn't. I mean, they when they started off a little cold, they were down what 10-4, and then made a just made a crazy run, like 17 to 2 run or something like that. Uh, won the battle on the glass. Uh David and Julius broke out of his slump and was on fire lat um against USF. I mean, he only missed one shot. He was going crazy. Uh Landers Nolly had a hell of a game. Also, um, Dan Skillings, man, was balling. Was balling. Saw my man Kalu. Uh, had a real nice game in his limited minutes. I just thought as a whole, the team played great. They only had four turnovers against at USF. That's crazy. No turnovers in the first half. I don't think I've ever seen that. I agree with you. I, I, I've not seen that in all my years of ba- watching college basketball. Yeah, um, yeah 11 assists, zero turnovers in the first half. It's crazy. Man, that, that would have made Hugs' day. Yeah, for sure. It was big on, you know, 10 turnovers or less, and we win every game. What stuck out to you? Yeah, I think JT hit the nail on the coffin there. Uh, The play of David DeJulius, he had that nice bounce-back game that everyone was looking for. He finished with 21 points on 7-8 shooting. Uh, And overall, like, that's the night you want to see from a guy like David DeJulius. That was the night that everyone was kind of waiting for the bounce-back game after a rough uh, few games there to start as of recently. But what really stood out to me the most was the play of Landers Nolly. I mean, it's something that we have seen uh, very frequently lately. I mean, finished with 21 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. I mean, he was doing it all last night. I mean, I know after the first double-double, he was really – the stat cast had it differently. The stat cast originally had him at 21 and 10, but then our paper in the press was at 21-9, so we talked to him about it – after there was a stat correction, he was like, yeah, man, uh, I'm getting those double-doubles. Like, that's what he wants to be known as is show his ability on the glass. And I think ever since the first one, I believe it was ECU, is when he really started to turn up the heat a little bit there on the defensive end, getting those rebounds. So seeing him with the 21-9-6 and six night is something the Bearcats need, especially heading into Nolly's former team in Memphis. So overall, I thought the play of Landers Nolly was phenomenal, but – Dan Skillings had a lot of good minutes there, as JT mentioned. I believe he had nine points in the first half, if I remember right, and then two in the second, finished with 11. Yeah. But overall, I mean, everyone was really starting to see uh, the athleticism and the play style of Dan Skillings now that he's getting those more minutes. But I think people really started to know. I think the one play that stood out to me of Dan Skillings was the baseline drive. I believe it was early or late first half where he took his defender, went baseline for the up and under. I mean, he used that long wingspan, uh, got right downhill and attacked the basket, 
easy reverse layup. So seeing a guy like Skillings get downhill and attack and take advantage of those minutes was something very exciting. Yeah, and for me, um, for the most part, I thought it was a dominant performance, which I've wanted to see. And it gives us great momentum going into the Memphis game, which I think is one of the most important games of the year. Like, we've got to win this basketball game. Um, hats off to the Bearcats for finding motivation when only 4,000 people are in the crowd and you're on the road. Uh, what was it, 47 to 29 at halftime? I, I love that, right? That's that punch in the mouth that I'm talking about. You know, I say that every game. We need to punch the other team in the mouth. And um, I love that 47 to 29 lead at halftime. Uh, only four turnovers for the game. Incredible. If we can keep that up, we're going to win a lot of basketball games. Uh, we only out-rebounded them by two. Like to see us improve in, in that area a little bit more. I think we've been doing a pretty good job rebounding, but want us to keep that rebounding edge at a high level. Um, like you guys said, I love Juice's play and Lander's play. So we've got two guys of the big three cooking now. We need one more cook to get in the kitchen, and that's Chef Vic. So, you know, and, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later when we get to, to Memphis, but we need all three cooks in the kitchen. And, and there's, a, there's a kitchen hierarchy that I'm going to talk a little bit about. I want to see one person cooking you know, in certain areas. So we'll get to that here shortly. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Tax League. Today, the Bearcats take on Memphis at 1 p.m. in Fifth Third Arena. Now, we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the Big O segment, sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Big Vic, man. I think he has to. Yeah, you're right. Has to have one of those games, one of those double-double-ish type games where he has 15, 10, a couple blocks, just because I feel like with Juice and Nolly kind of hot right now it's going to make it easier for Vic to do his thing but he has to do it because I think if he does it makes the game a lot easier for everybody else and he just affects the game in so many ways so I think this one has to be one of those ones where he's not like I think he finished with six against um, USF yeah I think he needs to definitely have within the 14 to 18 point range um, nine to 13 rebounds for the Bearcats to be successful against Memphis. I agree. Neil, Memphis is 14-5 and five right now. Who do we need to watch out for from the Tigers? Yeah, it starts with uh, Kendrick Davis. Kendrick Davis was the 2021-2022 player of the year last year. Uh, he transferred it from SMU over to Penny Hardaway and the Tigers this offseason. But Kendrick Davis is arguably one of the top point guards in all of college basketball. Uh, everyone's seen that he's averaging nearly 22 points a game. He's a very, very good shooter. If you, he can get going. And that's something we've seen the last four years when he was at SMU. I mean, he won player of the year last year for a reason. I think last year he finished averaging like 24 points a game. He was, he's ridiculous when he gets hot, when he gets hot, you can't let him get in open space, but he can do so many things. Uh, he was one of the three unanimous selections to the preseason first team. Uh, within the American Athletic Conference heading into this season. But 
overall, you got to start right there with Kendrick Davis. You have to find a way to contain him. And honestly, I think this is going to be a very exciting matchup versus David DeJulius and Kendrick Davis. When Kendrick Davis, a known offensive threat, and David DeJulius is known to like to take those uh, challenges on the defensive end. So I think that will be a very fun matchup to watch. But then it starts with uh, big man DeAndre Williams, who I believe, if quote me if I'm wrong, is in his sixth year of college basketball. He graduated in 2016. So I believe, yeah, heading into sixth year, uh, year six after redshirting one year, but uh, he's averaging 15 and seven. He's a very physical uh, big man who loves to crash the glass. He has another AAC preseason first team selection, but uh, DeAndre Williams has taken a lot of those minutes as Malcolm Dandridge, uh, Memphis's other big man who is a starter at the beginning of the year, has missed some time due to injury as of late. So DeAndre Williams has been one of those guys who is stepping in that role and really played some valuable minutes there. Obviously, this is a very experienced Memphis team, as you mentioned. I believe they only have two or three under underclassmen. I believe everyone is a junior or above. So very experienced team. They got a very good coach in Penny Hardaway, who has a very great resume as a player and a coach. So overall, it starts with guys like Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. When you talk about him uh, being in his sixth year, I don't know what, like, year anybody is anymore with the whole COVID and I think if I remember right he's 25 geez I wonder you think you think I have an extra year where I can just play can I can I call COVID and say (laughs) and I get it can I get one more walk-on year I think so I I think you can for real (laughs) (laughs) I can still shoot a little bit (laughs) the big old segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services uh, so, Neil, for the Bearcat fans that are in, ten- in attendance for this game, I think we know a little bit about Memphis already, but can you can you refresh everybody on what we're going to see offensively and defensively from the Tigers? Yeah, defensively, we can start there. They're going to be a physical team. I mean, every year versus Memphis, the two games is always a very physical battle. They love to they, – they kind of play similar to Houston. I mean – Memphis was ranked second in the preseason polls, so they're a physical team. That's what everyone's seen, but it's been a different team since the Malcolm Dandridge uh, injury. So you lose a big guy on the glass, so DeAndre Williams has been taking up those uh, minutes, but DeAndre Williams is a very physical player inside, outside. Uh, But we've seen in the years past when he gets into foul trouble, it's a whole different Memphis team. But overall, the defensive end, they're going to be gritty. They're going to be – right in your face, they're going to be physical. Now, when it comes to offense, it's it's all starting with Kendrick Davis. Kendrick Davis is their leading scorer for a reason. I mean, I saw him down at the AAC tournament for three days in a row last season when SMU made that run to the semifinals where they lost to Memphis. Uh, Kendrick Davis, I mean, he's another – he kind of – like we talked about earlier in the season with Antoine Davis, he could shoot the ball four for 20 from the field. Like, I think that's what Davis finished with. Kendrick's going to get his numbers. He's averaging 20 points a game. He's probably going to get that. So don't be surprised when he doesn't, or if you see him get 20, like he's just that good. He's a little smaller of a guard, but got very good handles. Can really do a lot of different things and make teams play certain ways. But Kendrick Davis is the whole offense runs through Kendrick Davis, but it's going to be their guard play too. Offensively. Uh, Alex Lomax is a very experienced guard. But he's very – he stepped it up defensively as well. So 
overall, their guard play is what you really have to hone in on. And if you can hold their guards to under 20 points, 15 points, you're in good camp. You're in good hands. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. <clears throat> Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Protect the ball like they did against USF. And I don't say four, four turnovers. All right. It's a, it's, I mean, Memphis is way better in USF. No disrespect to them. But if they can keep it under, you know, in the 8 to 11 range and shoot the way they were doing, shooting very good shots um, and win the rebound battle again, um, I think that would be huge. But I think protecting the ball is going to be more so important because the last big game they had, they had 17, was it 17 turnovers. They lost the the battle um, on points off turnovers 26 to 4. And that can't happen. So they have to um, win the turnover battle or control their turnovers at the worst at worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And they can't get um, dominated on the points off turnovers. So that those are my, the two things. That's even more important in the rebounding to me in this game because you're going to be at home, have the crowd, and you have to do the little things. Rebound is important as well, but you got to protect the ball against a team that wants to get up and go. And uh, I think that that will do the Bearcats wonders if they can do can take care of that part of their business. Now, Neil, I, I don't think the Bearcats are going to blow Memphis out, but if if we get a comfortable win against Memphis, what are the things that I'm when I mean comfortable, I'm talking about be that ten to fifteen range. What do the Bearcats need to do? win the battle of the glass that's where it comes down to I mean with a guy like DeAndre Williams and with uh, the physicality of Williams presence for Memphis if you can get him into early foul trouble I mean use your height to your advantage Big Vic have a big night even Odio Guama had a good night first USF so I mean if you can use your height to your advantage I mean a guy like Kalu even you use the physicality inside and you really start Playing around with uh, Memphis inside, obviously Malcolm Dandridge has been a huge part of that defense for Memphis before the injury. So you're taking away a guy who is capable of grabbing you 10 rebounds a night for Memphis who's out with the injury and Dandridge. But overall, it has to start with, A, turnovers and winning the battle of the glass. And I think if you can get, as JT mentioned, 10 boards out of uh, Vic, if you can get another 10-rebound night from Odie, I mean, you win the battle of the glass, and I think this one is going to be in good hands for the Bearcats if they can just do that, limit the turnovers, and win the battle on the glass. I think if they do those two things, they could really maybe open this one up a little bit. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, for me, guys, um, and I want to bring it back to this, our big three have to be in the kitchen cooking. And and that can mean different levels. So I, I call that the kitchen hierarchy. So not everyone's going to be the executive chef. And I, I think the executive chef for this basketball team is Juice, the Julius. I think he needs another game like he had against USF. 
I'm a little bit concerned <clears throat> about Landers this game for, from this standpoint. I, I, I hope he doesn't come out and try too hard to start the game because he's got a point to prove, right? Yep. So, you know, Michael Jordan used to always talk about in big games, he would work on trying to get to the free throw line and try to get other people involved first. He wouldn't just try to be so overly aggressive. And I think for a guy like Landers, if he can just get to the free throw line a little bit, you know, he you know how he hits everybody with that little pump fake and then, you know, pull up jump shot or drive. Just kind of start a little slow and just kind of keep building it up and be that second piece to hopefully juice uh, cooking pretty well. And then and then finally, um, Vic. Um, I, and I totally agree with you, JT. I think Vic needs to have that double-double uh, this yeah. game. I, and I don't care what that double-double consists of. Uh, I just think a double-double – would mean a huge impact on the game. If it's a double-double, points and rebounds, points and blocks, whatever it is, right, um, that type of impact. So if you you get Juice cooking, Landers doing his thing because he's got something to prove, and Vic getting that double-double, the Bearcats are going to win this basketball game. Um, and, and I want to give a quick shout-out, too. Um, and I think um, – and I don't want to dwell on this too long, but Wes Miller needs a huge shout-out for, for having this basketball team and even the individual players really buy in to what he's doing. I mean, Kalu has been totally bought in this whole time when he didn't play for, I don't know how many games. Four, four, four games in a row, man. And Six all together. He was on the bench chairing. He stayed yep. positive. He was bought in and he got his opportunity. Um, you know, he might get some more minutes against Memphis. He's going to get some more minutes in the future, but, I think that's a result of Wes Miller's, you know, culture that he's building. And also look at J.D. Yeah. J.D. to the bench after how many starts was it he had, Neil? I think he had 54 straight. 54 straight starts, and you tell a kid he's got to come off the bench, a lot of kids would be like, man, forget that. Yeah. And not only did he go to the bench, but in the first game he did come off the bench, he dropped, what, 24? What his best. 22, 22 or 24. Yeah, I think 22. That's the best game of the season, too. So, yeah. I mean, look at how he handled it. Yeah. yeah. So, so huge, just quickly, I just want to give a huge shout-out, I think, to Wes Miller. Those are those are some small, nuanced things that I don't know that people really look at. I know some Bearcat fans do, but yeah, I, I think Wes deserves a lot of praise for, for what he's doing in terms of for getting sure. all these guys to buy into a role, which tells me by the end of the season, I think this team is going to really gel well together and be ready for a good little run in March. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. Now, fellas, since Dermar Johnson, my guy, DJ, a.k.a. Slim, has left the program, he's now at West Virginia. And shout out, Slim. I guess West Virginia got their first win with uh, with Slim being there. So, yep, yep. First, I think the first, first conference, win. conference win. Yeah, first in conference yeah. win. Right. Started 0 5. Yeah. That's, that's, that's big. It's the Dermar Johnson effect. That's good. <laughs> um, so, that, so, that leaves a void right now in, in the staff. And listen, Wes has a great staff. They'll they'll kind of figure things out the rest of the way. But moving forward, I want to get your guys' opinion, and I'll give my opinion. Moving forward, what former player 
would you guys like to see come in and coach in the future for the Bearcats? JT, we'll start off with you. All right, I'm biased, man. I'm going to go flight white, uh, especially like right now. I know he's doing the G League thing, and he, he's always been – like I've ran in the flight probably in the last couple of years at least twice, and like he's legit – serious about the coaching thing like i think I, even before then he's talked about like he's going to get into it and he's doing it like he's been taking the steps and doing that stuff so i just would i think that would be pretty cool to see him on the staff one day um just because of like you know his bearcat history you know played in the nba played overseas for a long time uh i think still currently playing in the big three and i just think he just would be one of those guys that would you know he just fits the culture and i think him and Wes would probably be pretty dope uh, as a, as a tan. I'm pretty sure flight can recruit. <laughs> That's a good one, Neil. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, so I I'm there with JT on that one. James White, obviously, what he's been doing in the G League as a coach has been phenomenal. Uh, as JT mentioned, I think he's actually won what four titles now in the Big Three in the last five years. So. Overall, what he's doing, like, he has the passion. Everyone knows what he was able to do in his career. But another guy, like, I wouldn't – I would like to throw in that contention would be a guy who played at UC during my time uh, when I was growing up. And Kyle Washington, he was on staff last year. I believe he's at Chicago Loyola this year, yeah. video coordinator, uh, taking that next step into his coaching career. But overall, like, head down the road, you look at a guy, Kyle Washington, bring him back as an assistant maybe. That's something, something I would like to kind of see and test. I mean, he had a very good career here at Cincinnati. I mean, it was cool to see him come back after his little quick professional career overseas. But overall, I, you could just kind of see it around the building the last two years when he was on staff. Well, one year when he was on staff last year. But he just has that energy. He's very a very good guy. Uh, first of all, he's one of the most energetic people you walk around, he'll go out of your out of his way to say like, "Hey, how are you?" Check in on you. But overall, like taking a step to Chicago Loyola in the first year uh, after being a GA for West Miller, I mean, the future is bright for Kyle Washington in the coaching career. So I I would like to see what he would be able to do maybe in the future in the long run. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Ninety Three Ways to Mentor. Uh, so so JT. Um, one of the guys I was going to mention is James White. All the things that you said, all the things that Neil said, 100% agree. I'm going to throw another guy out there, though, Ron Allen. My guy, Ronald Allen, straight from L.A. Uh, Ronald Allen currently is in the G League coaching. Um, he, and he so, – so Ron and I – funny story. I think I think I might have told this story before, but I ran into Ron in uh, Los Angeles at the uh, Drew League. And um, – yeah. Yeah, that was some years back, and um, I didn't even know he was going to be there. And he saw me. He was like, me too? I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, we randomly run into each other in Compton, California. Uh, so a couple things about Ron. Ron is a great relationship guy. Like, for anybody that knows Ron, he's really good with building relationships with people, which tells me he's a good recruiter. And Ron's like six foot ten, if, if not taller. And to see him out there, you know, he played for the Bearcats. He looks the part. When he walks into a gym to recruit, I mean, it's automatic. you got to look at him. And even if you don't know who he is, you're like, who is that guy? And if they see that Paul on his jacket or shirt or polo, whatever it is, they're like, man, that dude's with the Bearcats. And I'm in the AU world, so I'm out there. So I know when I go to these AU tournaments with my teams, when the college coach walks in, 
you look at them right away. And if a guy that's six foot ten walks in, you're like, oh my God, who's that? Our kids are going, who's that? Um, <laughs> another thing with Ron too is, uh, so I was in Vegas for the NBA Summer League some years back, um, and I ran into Ron. Actually, I, I told Ron I was going. He said, oh, I'll be there. So we ran into each other. And man, he was introducing me to all kind of people. And, I, and like I said before, he's a relationship guy, but he was introducing me to all these people within the Utah Jazz organization. And they all were like, oh my God, we love Ron. And uh, just really good dude, man. I, I think um, I talked to him at one point and he would love to come back and coach for the Bearcats at some point. So I would love to see any of those guys that we just named, James, James White, that you said, JT, would be a great hire. Uh, Neil, Kyle Washington is like a great dude. He'd be a great hire. And Ron. Those are three quality former players that I think would do a great job. Now, of those three, I think the fans would probably get the most excited about James White. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 I would think so. Yeah, they get, they'd be excited, just the nostalgia, just, just who he is. Yeah. But he, 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 you know, he checks all the boxes. He, he can do, you know, he can recruit, he can coach. I know he's ate up with the game. So, yeah, um, we got a lot of good former players out there. We just named three. There's, there's, there's many. I mean, Cashmere Wright's coaching at the high school level. Yeah. He wants to get into college at some point. I think yeah. Mamadou Diara is coaching high school, too. Mamadou. I mean, there, there are a lot of good guys, but, you know, you got to pay your dues. Um, you yeah. got to work your way, you know, through. James is, you know, paying his dues. I've, I've had James call me, uh, White, and talk to me about some coaching things and just some some tips, uh, which I was shocked about. Like, he was calling me um, just because of the AU program and some of the things that we deal with. He was asking yeah. me some things, and I'm like, man, that's dope. Like, he's really yeah. – you know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah, into this. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I forgot where I saw him, and he was like, "Nah, I'm legit. Like, trying to do this, man. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to take no shortcuts. Like, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> like, that's what's up. Like, when I get done, he was like, I don't know how many years I'm gonna play more, but he was like, oh, soon I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm in. I'm already taking the steps now. So when I'm done, I just can kind of get the ball rolling for real. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's what's up. Well, I hope to see one of those three um, on the sideline at some point with the Bearcats. Yeah, that'd be cool. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood, and Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now, I will be, just a quick reminder, I'll be at Mio's for a live podcast on February 22nd from 5 to 6 p.m. before the 7 p.m. Temple game. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com to learn more. 
Now, we will be back with another new episode on January 28th at 10 a.m., previewing the Houston game at Houston. That's going to be a monstrous one. Yeah, like you said, DJ. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Man. Hey, if we if we beat Memphis and then go and beat Houston at Houston, watch Take out. Five in a row. Watch out. Our podcast is gonna be about an hour long, two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That mug <laughs> that mug gonna be crazy. If they, they pull both of them off, that'd be wow. Man, wow. It's capable. It's capable. Yeah, like hey, like I said, if if the big three are in the kitchen cooking. We're capable of beating anybody. And if we if we keep hovering around that four turnovers a game, man. Can't have 17 again like they did at Houston first time. No. But listen, you're playing tougher competition, man. They're stronger, they're faster, they're yeah, more yeah, skilled. True. So right. True, true, true. You know, but it's it's a it's a buildup, man. It's it's a it's a long season. You can't you can't get caught up caught up in like everything that happens in January, you know. Yeah. You know, you just got to keep building and hopefully you're better come March. But with the way their schedule is, um, they've got to get some quality wins. And Memphis and Houston would be those quality wins, fellas. Yep. Yeah, they would. That is true. That is very true. Um, Let me ask you this question real quick. Since uh, Penny Hardaway will be in the building, um, we all have to step up our shoe game, right? Penny's a shoe guy. So we got to step up our shoe game. Uh, JT, have you thought about what kicks you're wearing to the game? I don't know, man, because I got a few pennies myself, but I don't know if I can wear them tomorrow, um, you know, today. So uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. I got to think about it. I think I might go with some black and red type stuff, you know. Got some pats maybe I can pull out, maybe some threes or something. We'll see. Okay, so pat leather Jordans, Jordan 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Neil, you've got your uh, – you're not a big shoe game guy, right? Nah, my shoe game's weak, man. You got your sketchers ready? You got <laughs> hey, I gotta rock the sketchers. I'll rock them, but nah, I'm a big Adidas shoe guy, so I'll probably have on a fresh pair of Adidas. We we gotta get you out of those Adidas, bro. <laughs> hey, those Adidas are comfy. They're comfy. Yeah, get you some good ones though, man. You gotta get some. You gotta get you some fire, man. You got. I get the heat. They got some better designers over there now. <laughs> back <laughs> back when you you see had Adidas, they had some wacky designers. Oh, you got man. the Nike designers, man. You bet. You gotta get you some. You gotta go ahead and get you some, man. You got. Yeah, my some, shoe uh, game. Them dames is decent. Up. Them uh, <laughs> them spiders is decent. They all right. They respectable. They respectable. The Hardens, the Hardens got some de- decent, good, good, you know, colorways and stuff, man. You gotta get you. Yeah, my shoe game is weak. I gotta step that up. Yeah, I'll man, admit we, that. It's pretty I'm gonna weird. start finding you some Adidas to get, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be my job for you know, JT. JT, <laughs> we gotta get them some Jordans. We do got some J's, but we gotta build them up, man. We gotta build them up. It's a, it's a slow process, yeah, right? We gotta get them because then you gotta take care of them because you get some J's and start start uh mudding them. That ain't we, gonna do yeah, that. Can't do that. Hey, we got, we got we got us we can't start them off with like some elevens or some like yeah you got we got to build them up man we got to build up let's get on some good let's get on some good Adidas no some real sweet Adidas then get on some J's got to get and build it up man you probably can get some get you some Ja Morants man I think you you seem like you would like some Ja ones some, yeah when they yeah, come get out some get some Ja ones get some Ja ones when they pop out they're right. they gonna be at a good price point you know what I'm saying. It probably would be. It probably would be. 
Neil, no. we're gonna get we're gonna get you right. Okay. <laughs> when's your when's your birthday, Neil? November. What size shoe do you wear? Uh nine and a half or a ten. Oh, you got a little foot, man. You got the little gym breach kicker feet. Hey, that's every bit of five foot eight. I'll take it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, man. You know, fun, fun fact. Um, so when I was playing for the Bearcats, uh, we had to tape our ankles. It was almost a, uh, an NCAA rule that players that played had to tape their ankle. So, you know, because the ankle sprains were just such a big thing at that uh, during that time period. But um, so I had never taped my ankle before. So to have my ankles taped is it's like one of the oddest things to play like on court in a game. Not that I played a lot of minutes, mm -hmm. but just even practice we had to tape our ankle. It took me a month to get used to it. So what happened was um, we had to wear two socks and tape our ankles, uh, protect our feet, you know, blisters and stuff mm -hmm. like that, because Hugs did not want anybody missing games or playing because of blister, you know, not being able to play because of blister. So anyway, I wear 11, 11 and a half size shoe. But man, when I was at UC, I had like 12 or 12 and a half because two pair of socks, having your ankle taped. So I got a bunch of shoes that now don't fit. So Neil, I was hoping you had maybe a bigger foot. I'd give you some of those, but <laughs> nah, I'm a little foot guy. <laughs> maybe I have some of my shoes from seventh grade. They... <laughs> I still have. Get some fire. Get some fire, man. Donate <laughs> some fire to them, man. We got you. We're gonna take care of you, Neil. You know I'm yeah. messing with you. Yeah, you're all good. Last podcast, you were clean shaven, and then you got the um, you got, got a little shovel going tonight. You got George Clooney, uh, <laughs> Neil, you've been changing up, man. You had the big beard, now you're going, yeah. Some life. days I'll be looking homeless, some days I like to look somewhat presentable, you know. Just just gotta depend on the time, the night of the pot, I guess. <laughs> it's so I never know two things when we do the podcast, I never know if you're gonna be. Clean shaven, beard, shadow. And I don't know if JT is going to have a glass of bourbon, vodka, <laughs> coke. Yeah. yeah. Now, I ain't got nothing tonight. I've been, I've been drinking a lot of water, man. Trying to hydrate for my Niners to get this, get ready to get to the NFC championship. Feel me? I, I, this be I think that, I think they will. I think they will. And you can, you can, uh, I guess, get that uh, Purdy. Purdy jersey or yeah, yeah, give me a Purdy jersey, man. Hey, that Jimmy G, uh, GQ headquarters <laughs> shirt still on the way, baby. <laughs> Purdy, man, give me Purdy gear. <laughs> Purdy gear. Purdy gear. Give me some Debo. Debo, man. Now we need we, CMC. We need the Bengals to get that dub on Sunday. We need yep. the Bengals and 49ers to keep winning for that crash force for that. You that. do. They do. I don't think the I don't think real Bengals fans want to see that smoke though. They they say they do, but they don't. You know, um, hey, as long as their DB don't drop an easy interception to get them to the Super Bowl, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'd but say it's all good. You load it, man. 49ers are loaded. They got a tough team. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. But I, I just I, something magical about Burrow, man. I just nah, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's a master. Nah, he's a beast. I love I love Joe. Joe Burrow is is good in my book, but I just think this year. 
that now anybody else, I don't know. The Eagles would be an interesting matchup for them too, but I, I still would give, I still would go Bengals, but the Niners make it, and it's the Niners and the, and the Bengals. So the Bengals have never, the Bengals haven't beaten the Niners in the Super Bowl ever, right? Nope. Oh and two. That's revenge. It's too long ago, man. We got too much. We got Nick Bosa and them boys. They don't care about that revenge. Okay. Fred Warner and them. They don't care about that, man. You got to think, is Purdy going to hold Williams. the magic until then? Is Purdy going to keep balling until then? He don't got to be perfect. Like he was. The thing is, if you watch the game, like he wasn't even perfect against Seattle. And they won by like 18. Like you watched it, like he was a little like I think he, he was like off. what twenty for like thirty two for like yeah, three forty though. He had a good second half, but like the first half he was a little shaky. But that that was to be expected. It was his first like playoff game, and he got the jitter out. And they they played him three times. So he played him. I think his first or second start was against Seattle in Seattle. So they knew him. So you know. Against the Cowboys, they they don't know him. I mean, they see the tape, but it's gonna be too late when they end the fire. And he's gonna be a little bit more adjusted. Okay, it's gonna be all good, man. I ain't, I'm not I'm not worried. All right, I'm not really worried, man. We'll Just, see. Well, I I, if I if we lose, we lose, but I ain't worried. I hope you know both of them make it there. Hey, I'll be worried if I saw Michael Parsons running through that a gap though. But he gonna have to. He got a. The thing is, Trent Williams. He better not rush on Trent Williams' side because he ain't gonna he ain't gonna sniff Purdy. Hey, don't worry about the Cowboys. They'll fall apart. You ain't got to worry. You know, you, yeah, they play. They play good against the Bucks. Anybody was gonna play good against the Bucks. Yeah, had, had a corpse at quarterback, a trash O line, and defenses banged up. Yeah, that was like, come on, man. Like he was throwing, he was skipping it like a like a, a noodle arm shortstop, like on slants. Like, nah, man. And nobody wants to talk about it because it's it's Tom Brady. But come on, man. And then they fired their OC two days later. It ain't even. It wasn't even Lafwich fault. Like, what? What do you want to do? Like, what you want him to do? He can't go out there and throw the ball four times, Brady. And now everybody, because he the goat and stuff. Like, just being real. Like, his his he's regressed. He don't want to get hit no more. And he shouldn't. He's forty five. He should have stayed home. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, JT, like he thought, JT, I disagree. I don't. I don't. I don't think he wanted to stay home. I, I that's think a, that's. A, I know that's why I know he didn't want to stay home. But yeah. he's. But he got he didn't got a brother fired because he because he don't want to take a hit no more. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody they gonna blame Lafwitch. Like, dude, what what's what you mean? Yeah, like, you tailored to you trying to get the ball out fast because you can't move. And we ain't got no good line. That ain't my well, fault. Brady's gonna be somewhere else next year. He'll be with the Raiders or wherever. He he's not he's not hanging it up. He ain't got nothing to do. Nah, he don't got nothing to do. He already lost lady. Yeah. yeah, he don't want to, he don't want to take care of the kids. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why he came back. Like he was like, "Oh, I gotta take him to school." He was like, "Man, after this, I'm out. I'm gonna go. I'd rather get hit by a 350 pound man." Yeah, he, <laughs> he lost his lady and everything. She was like, "You go back and play." Yeah, <laughs> it's he, over. He said, "Where's my helmet?" <laughs> my ready to go. Just ready to go. This. T- I gotta go to one more parent teacher conference. It was like as soon as the school year started, he was like, nah, <laughs> cool. That's what you be doing when I'm when I'm training. TV 12, bro. <laughs> Just get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. we will we will conclude with that. <laughs>
We want to thank all the Bearcat fans for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats!